Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Oluwatobi Loba Olutade, founder of creative founder and creative director of Revival Resurrection, an experimental design company that creatively upcycles and recycles Nigeria's solid waste into statement designs. Toby is on a mission to use design as a powerful tool for enhancing social and environmental change while sustainably preserving traditional African handcraftsmanship heritage. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area, and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review, so go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for joining us today, Toby. No worries. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I always like to start at the beginning. Please let us know how your sustainable journey began. Um, So I think personally, it was always kind of um, in me, just, you know, being African, you are are taught, you know, to tend to extend the life of um, items and, you know, explore different ways you can change things around. Um, But really and truly, I, I think knowing when I wanted to like actually, you know, run a sustainable fashion brand and push forward came from the fact that I always wanted my own fashion brand, which was influenced by my mom, but I wanted it to have purpose. I wanted it to have meaning. I didn't just want to create um, beautiful pieces. I wanted them to, you know, make a difference. Um, and that once kind of comes from the type of personality that my mom has in regards to, you know, when she was, you know, exploring her fashion, it was very self-expressive. It was very bold. It was very confident and it was very, um, like game changing, you know, making a difference. So I wanted to really communicate that through pieces and then going into the sustainable side, like I said, I wanted to always make a difference. So I actually grew up in Nigeria, um, in terms of high school. Um, so I left the UK and then I went back to Nigeria for high school and I saw a lot of things in Nigeria that, you know, could be better. Um, and that, you know, needs, need to change in my personal opinion. And I'm showing the opinions of others. And obviously I'm one person, so I never saw it as I'll be able to fix every single thing, but I was focused on, I want to be able to fix one thing that's a chain effect and hopefully other things can be fixed from that. And I always thought to myself that I would make sure that I give back and I would, you know, really, really, you know, make a difference. And I'm, you know, from researching into Nigeria, so obviously I, not obviously, you're, um, I'm just meeting you, but I studied politics and international relations. I wanted to get into international development. 
and from you know looking into Nigeria and looking into the causes that I was passionate about, I saw that there was quite a lot of um, waste that, that was being mishandled and not being properly disposed of, and they had like you know further external factors that could you know um, cause an increase in health risks, and it genuinely just affects the livelihood of citizens in Nigeria and Lagos State, the biggest um, you know city. It's currently producing 14,000 to 15,000 tons of solid plastic waste a day. So there was a lot. And I found that as well, the government wasn't really doing much to, you know, handle that. Or, or I think it, it, on the priorities list of Nigerian government, it wasn't something that was really being considered. And I was like, you know, this is something I really, really want to take on because bearing in mind, not just the fact that um, if the waste um, issue continued to be ignored, um, new health risks could arise. There's also the fact that in climate change, in the environment, the main demographic that is affected is women and young girls and non-binary people. So for me, it was like, okay, I got to do this for, you know, my my girls, my women, mm-hmm. non-binary people, and, you know, really, really, really make that change. So we're a brand for all, but, you know, I really, and like again, falling back on who my mom was and how, you know, her charisma and everything, connecting with her and, you know, having that, it just kind of shaped into everything. And honestly, sometimes I just, I don't know, but the vision just, it just clicked organically. Yeah. And then I knew, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And there are hiccups, but I know why I'm doing it. And I always say, have a personal purpose, have a social purpose, you know, make a difference. Yes, yes, yes. I love that so much. So what were some of the differences that you saw from being in the UK to moving to Nigeria as far as waste goes? Okay. So coming from the UK, obviously we've got recycled trucks, we've got, you know, proper disposal waste. You can't go to a street, um, any street in the UK and see like a large dump of waste blocking, blocking a sort of drainage or a um, I always forget the translation because like in Nigeria, we say gutter. Um, and I got used to saying gutter, even though before I used to, you know, I think it is drainage, they would call it in the UK, but you know what I mean? Like the Yeah, we say gutters in the US. Okay, good. <laughs> so the gutters. Yeah. So in Nigeria, you know, even though now you have gutters that are filled up to here, like with waste and it's, when it rains, it affects them. So this is how it affects the livelihood because when it rains, what now happens is that it causes floods because there's not a proper space for water to now be disposed of down the drainage because it's clogged with waste. There's also a very, very, very toxic smell that comes from that. And it's like, you know, think of the people around, think of their livelihood, you know, this is a huge problem. And then, you know, when you've got the flooding, then you've got, you know, lots of traffic, then you've got accidents. Like there's a whole chain effect. Um, And obviously we've just started, but I do believe that in the next few years, we can reduce the waste that is, um, like the uncontrolled waste that is disposed of at dump sites, landfills, and just around the um, streets, we can reduce that to 50%. And I really, really want to achieve that um, in the next 20 or, you know, 30 years. Like I really, really, really want to set myself up to achieve that because I think it can be done. And it's just about finding, you know, more and more ways, testing more and more ways I can creatively recreate with these pieces into statement designs. That's why I'm so happy about, you know, the forthcoming collection I've got this year, because it's like already a step up from what I released the first year. And I'm dedicated to that innovative, constant testing and, you know, trying and, you know, pushing up the change that I want to see. 
Yes, yes, yes. All of that. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me more about your mom. Like, did your mom make, um, like, did she make her own designs? Like, how, how did she inspire you? So my mom was full fashion. So um, again, one thing to kind of mention about the difference between, you know, fashion in, um, you know, Africa and you know, Western worlds is that you actually tend to have quite more of custom made fashion, like people going to their tailors and sewing particular outfits and dresses, even though we still, you know, buy um, other stuff, you know, we, tailor and um, tailor culture is quite popular. You know, that custom culture is quite popular. Um, so with my mom, she was very into um, fashion. Um, so the first post on the r um, Instagram. So Revival Resurrection Instagram is actually a picture of my mom modeling back in the day. Um, and she was modeling a dress that one of her friends for one of her friends brands. And that was in the UK. Um, and that friend was like a significant person in fashion of that time. Um, additionally, you know, my mom used to, you know, the typical way with the, you know, with the kind of, you know, uh, African judgmental stereotypes that you were meant to dress. My mom used to defy that and she didn't care. And people used to be like, she was so confident. She was so bold. Like they loved it. She was very expressive with colors. She was very, very, very like, like if like she richly translated her, her views, her personalities, her statements through fashion. So I feel like that's why, because r and pieces, you know, they could have just been pieces, but no, the statement pieces, pieces that they really, really evoke that response that I'm looking for, they evoke that thought process, you know, that, you know, that, that, you know, like rise, like, yeah, feel it, like, wow. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So then what was the like turning point that made you be like, I need to start this company? Um, so like I said, I, I do like for me again, majorly it's like also for my mom, I see myself as fulfilling, um, what my mom started in the sense that, um, um, and this is also why we support, um, mental health Nigeria. Um, there was the, you know, my mom went through a period where, um, she had, she had been affected by some things and that affected mental health. And because mental health is not properly cared for or recognized in, African communities, um, specifically back then. Now we're trying to change that as well. Um, it kind of like, you know, diluted who my mum was um, yeah. and created a different version so that, you know, women that used to do those daring styles opposed to, and, and when I even just talk about, you know, African stuff, not just that, like I remember even being in primary school in the UK during those times, you know, me and my sister, even just the other day, we were talking about that, you know, if someone you know, is, is giving us hassle in a way that is, you know, racist or not, um, you know, giving us the same equal opportunities. My mom would be there like, no, my daughter. And so she was, she was very, very sociopolitical. And again, that charisma, um, showed through fashion and her personality and she used to translate it and intertwine them. So when I see like, and I see myself as fulfilling what she started initially, she was already starting it. And I'm continuing that because growing up, I, it took a while for me to understand my mom. I, I didn't because I couldn't understand um, mental very well coming from a strong Nigerian background. And, you know, when I started to understand or find pictures of who my mom was before. So there's quite a few pictures I shared. Obviously I would love to share more, but I'm also like at the same time as, you know, I share my creative process, my family. So not every picture I want to share, even though they're great, but that, 
you know, that finding those old pictures helped me translate a very delicate, confusing relationship. And actually it really, really grew my mom and I's bond. And even now, like she gets so excited when I'm showing her my sketches, when I'm telling her mom, this happened. I was like, mom, okay, are you going to you know, wear my clothes? She's like, yeah. She actually even bought my earrings as well. So she's been, you know, support. Yeah. And I was like, mom, but you know, you're my mom, you can just have it. And she's like, no, nope, I'm going to buy it. I was like, okay, mom, buy it. Like, so it's, it's, it's really like, given us this, you know, further development and, you know, translation to our relationship. And even with the impact that I'm trying to make as well, like, you know, my mom's like, Toby, you know, keep going, like, you know, she's, and everybody like family wise, they keep saying, I see so much of your mom in you. Like I see, and I'm like, and I love hearing that because for a long time, you know, there was a disconnect. So now, you know, being able to translate that, it's like, you know, through fashion that I already loved. Like, and it's funny because like, I didn't even know that I could, you know, sketch designs. I didn't know I could do stuff like that. And then I just was able to, and I always wondered how, and then I find out, Oh, my mom can do that. My mom can sketch. My mom can do that. Do you know what I mean? Wow, so it yeah. was very like, wow, wow. Like my sister and I would just be like, wow. My mom would be like, yeah, like, wow. Like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's kind of brought you like full circle and helped you find a new connection with your mom. Like that's, that's so cool. And with me, like in the sense that, you know, though it's been tough, you know, I feel like I'm really, really, you know, rediscovering me and, you know, because even in me, I've had a, you know, battle with mental health. Every, you know, you, there's, there's always, you know, not always, but sometimes stuff happens and you go, but it like being able to push myself out of that, you know, I always feel like it was R and R and like, I'm so expressive with how I dress and so confident of how I dress right now. And I feel like that comes from, again, like my mom, like, I just feel like honestly, her, or like just all around me as I'm in this fashion industry in this space and it's to me it's like wow yeah wow that's amazing <laughs> Thank so you. let's talk more about your designs like what is your design process or even just for you know people who aren't familiar with revival resurrection just give them an idea of what you do and the types of designs that you create okay so in terms of how um like my design processes, um, I would say that essentially, you know, I consciously produce responsible, beautiful creations with sustainability in mind forefront. Um, but, you know, sustainability has many facets. And I feel like that's like you have to consider each branch before you start the creating process. So from I get design inspiration, then I consider themes and I consider moods for my like collections, which kind of turn into like the guide to like this beautiful process. And I research a lot. So for instance, with my forthcoming collection this summer, it's, you know, about discussing and pushing through design, the importance of intersectionality to the sustainability movement. And I explore that through three ways, through the cultural aspect, through the recognition of the vulnerability of women, young girls and non-binary people and the importance of really creating that space because they are the most affected by climate change. And then also through versatility, understanding that there's different ways that we can achieve sustainability and creating that space to, um, in a sense, in a sense, synchronize that into, you know, that's the circular economy that we want to build. So I would say that that's all the things that I kind of consider, you know, when it comes to, okay, 
design process, like when I'm starting and then going on from that, then I, you know, look into like, you know, the old photos, like I said, I've got your, my mom's style, you know, huge seventies, eighties, nineties, sixty references. And then, you know, I just look into that and I'm just like, wow, you know, the color this and that. And then, like I said, you know, or rather like it's in our bio, you know, part of sustainability for me is preserving traditional African handcraftsmanship, which is why I handcraft our pieces, because I feel like, you know, that's a huge aspect of sustainability where we need to preserve, you know, what was passed down from previous generations. And so like, you know, working with fabrics like, you know, Ashoke, which is a traditionally hand woven fabric, which actually in sustainability movement has been coming up, but they're not using the term Ashoke. And this is why it's important for me coming from my Nigerian African background to make sure that, you know, there's the right claim of ownership on where certain practices come from. Again, to link to that cultural sustainability, that cultural perspective, you know, and then as well, you know, Adiri, which is like, you know, a typical, um, not typical, it's, it's a beautiful hand dye process, again, from my culture. And, you know, it's sustainable and it's, again, preserving that handcraftsmanship. So these are all the things that come to my mind. Like, honestly, when I'm in a creative zone, I, like, my mind is, whoop, doop, 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 and I'm putting all of these things in to make a story that's impactful and creates the change that I want to see. So I always believe you create the change that you want to see in the world, you know, you know, support a cause and help the world here is, is a quote that I saw once. And I really love that quote because it was like, yeah, you know, support something in terms of, you know, that you want to change that difference that you want to make and make sure that, you know, you're trying your best to make that difference. You will have hiccups, but keep going. And I said, have the personal purpose and the social purpose because you, you push, you get up, you understand and resonate with why are you doing this? And it keeps you going. So that in a sense is how, like, you know, we go about creating and designing. So when I first collected waste, I actually collected from people, you know, within my inner circle. And I was like, okay, I want to collect your sweet wrappers. I want to collect your crisp wrappers. I want to collect this. I just want to see first what I can do with it. Then I started thinking that a lot of the properties in, you know, these wrappers and these plastic wrappers, they're properties that you find in some jewelry or some certain jewelry, um, how do I put it? Like some certain embellishments, like basically certain, some of the certain parts of jewelry. So I'm like, surely there must be a way then that this can now be jewelry. And so it, I got it wrong <laughs> two or three times. Honestly, I, I tend to hide the like, Oh my God, this is so terrible. Um, but I got it in the end. And yeah. so creating those jewelry pieces was like really great. Cause then people were like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, and then I linked it to, childhood and memories and then you had people being like oh my gosh I remember this from childhood and it gave people a new aspect of culture because people are like what are these um you know what is this on the ring or what is this where's this from and then you're you know you're discussing and exploring and from that I actually found that oh you know for instance there's some links in Australia because they actually know um Milo as well in um Asian region as well there's also Milo so we I actually had customers coming from all these places and they were so fascinated by it and so resonated so again pushing that cultural conversation through food culture but again from fashion because it's a statement pieces um you know I can't believe I'm not even wearing any right now um I should have but yeah it's a statement pieces that get that conversation going and again you know you know pushing people to think that wow you know wow, yeah, let me explore. Can I also create something like this in a different way? They don't even need to create it the exact same way, but, you know, making people challenging that thought process, that first thought, sustainable thought process of how can I extend this life or how can I repurpose this in a way that is effective for the environment? 
So that's essentially, you know, how we create and what we have created. Um, coming forth in this um, new year, or rather new summer <laughs> um, collection that we're going to drop. Um, we've got some bags coming from some of the waste that's been collected. And I've got, again, some of the traditional um, fabrics have been used in this collection. And I've got them coming with a conceptual design to, again, further like push that story that I'm trying to tell um, but again, communicating through fashion, you know, so through conceptual, you know, metaphoric designs. Um, so, you know, and then additionally as well, um, got some more accessories coming, which I have taken inspo from the local um, Nigerian community. So, um, exciting things. I think when the collection drops, anyone that does watch this, when it drops, they will really get what I'm saying. Um, now I've started to try, not try, but I've started to show a bit of the process. You know, we've been a bit careful in terms of, you know, I don't want to show all the designs before the launch, <laughs> but bit by bit showing it. Um, and I know that one of the questions was, how do we get the waste? So there's three ways we get the waste through partners, um, to recycle partners through, um, people that you know are part of our database where we do waste collections from their house and then there's also the aspect of there are people that um naturally like not i won't say naturally but there are people that collect waste in nigeria on a normal day-to-day and sometimes if you make an arrangement with them they can collect on your behalf and they you pay them directly for that waste so in a way it gives them a source of income and so they are from, you know, some less privileged homes and the waste is severely affecting them. So when they're collecting it, they're collecting it because they want to try and fix up their home area or the close proximity, their personal environment. So giving them a way where they can also profit from that is something that I am trying to do. Um, still establishing it. So we've got a few people in each of these aspects, but I know that in the next few years it will grow and I'm sure we'll have many, many more. Yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Are you keeping track of the amount of waste that you are cleaning up and, you know, taking out of the environment? Um, so, yes, because um, there is some waste that if we can't um, or if we don't end up utilizing it in our products, we weigh it and sell it to, again, some of the recycle partners we may have yeah. in the aspect of they may be able to utilize it in some of the other products they're doing. So they make other things like pipes for building or, you know, more so mortar is still quite other thing that's used in building in um, the African regions and stuff like that. And so they now have the, cause obviously we are, our, our focus is fashion. So even though we know we will branch into, you know, homeware as well, it's still like fashion and lifestyle. So making sure that, you know, we effectively utilize waste also comes with partnering with other people as well. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, because I was wondering since, um, you know, you said your goal is to clean up like 50% of uh, Nigeria's trash. So I think it's a great idea to keep track of where you are, you know, on that on that journey. Yes. Yeah. So um, tell me more about like the the sustainable fashion in Nigeria. Is it something that's like coming up and you know is it something that's on people's radar um i would say that personally um 
there is like discussions of um, sustainable fashion in Nigeria. Um, but what I would say is that we all, even me, myself, have like, you know, a long way to go. Um, whereas there are some methods that originally already were sustainable. So it's just, you know, again, pushing that perspective of this is our original um, hand, African hand craftsmanship. So it's already a sustainable method that's been part of new sustainable conversations. It's just, you know, we need to claim right for ownership. But I would say that in terms of like, you know, um, sustainability, sustainability is an, an ongoing process. I don't think there's like a one way quick fix. And again, like I said, me, even myself, I think we all have like a long way to continue to go and, you know, keep, um, sustainability forefront um, and just, you know, try and create this responsible fashion we want to create, making sure that workers are paid fair, equal wages and are treated, you know, very well. So that holistic approach is what I'm really, you know, trying to push. Yes, definitely. Are you currently living in Nigeria? I don't know. So I go between, um, so Going um, to Nigeria, that was like a high school experience. So I'd be back and forth between Nigeria and the UK because I was born um, in the UK and I was, you know, raised there as well. Um, but I currently actually live in Amsterdam. <laughs> so I go between the UK, Amsterdam and Nigeria. Um, yes. Wow. So, um, okay. Well, I guess that answers my next question then. So <laughs> you are able to like sell your items like internationally. Yeah. So when like R and R blew me because I was actually you know when you're starting out a brand is scary. So I actually kind of was a bit scared. Um, I was like, will people really get my concept? Because again, recycling that waste, um, responsible waste um, culture isn't. It wasn't really part of Nigerian African culture. So it has even been hard integrating. And we're, st- we're still we're still pushing, but it was like scary. And I was like, will people understand this product? Will I be able to sell it? You know. And so that's what I was like, first let me do a test run. But then I had an uh, an order from Moldova, um, and I was like, where is? I didn't even you know know of Moldova. I was like, oh okay. And then I realized it's you know in Eastern Europe. I was like, okay, cool. We've got lo- lots of orders that have come from the states. Um, I even had one from um, Russia. We've had from UK. We've had from Nigeria. So literally, we've actually seen quite a few regions, and it's only been one collection. Um, and even here in Amsterdam, we had a store that stocked us for a while. And we also had a store in Denmark that was um, looking to stock us. So, like, and and it's crazy because all of this happened within the first year. In fact, within the first few months of the launch. And I was, I would say that R and R kicks me my toes because I wasn't even ready for how, you know, quick things progress, but making sure that we can, you know, deliver globally is important because at the end of the day, we're an e-commerce business. Um, and you know, that's another aspect we explore sustainability because being an e-commerce business, we tend to reduce quite a few, um, costs as well as we tend to use 30% less, um, electricity and, you know, waste. So that's kind of where I see that perspective, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great (laughs) that you've had such a, you know, big success, even just in your first, you know, year or so of being live. That means that there's definitely a need and a desire for people to have your designs. hundred percent. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So when does your next collection drop? Um, so I am 
pushing for end of June slash early July because that was when the first one collected collection dropped and with this collection actually um I kind of I would say that I took a year break to you know personally strengthen myself last year so with this new collection that's coming I've had so many changes I've cut out so many designs I've like put it out so it's like I want to you know deliver it in the way that it's meant to be delivered to push the message I want to push even though some of the designs are beautiful they're not effectively communicating what I want to be communicated through this this conceptual collection so I'm in the last staging of uh, last stage of like okay these are the final ones yes this tells the story this this has translated the concept very well and then you know shooting it in a way that also aligns with that message is the final step so that's um end of June early July is, is when we're looking at awesome and are you making everything yourself it sounded like you said that earlier mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> all the accessories, um, I handmade them. So all the accessories, the last question, it was a lot. And I handmade them. Very proud. It was a lot of work. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not using my phone. If I was, I could give you a mini tour of my studio set up here, actually. Because uh, I've literally got my tool, um, <laughs> my tool stand over there. And I could probably wow. have walked through some of um, some of the key jewelry uh, making tools and um, you know, fashion design making tools um, that I have up there, but I guess another time. <laughs> but yeah, so all the jewelry um, I hand make, mold myself, and then um, the clothes, original designs, concept is created by me, and then produced in Nigeria. So I produce it in Nigeria. The waste that we cr- create from is also from Nigeria. So we're really a made in Nigeria brand. Awesome. Awesome. Oh man, that is so exciting. I'm so excited for you and your new new collection and just seeing you grow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And before we close, tell me what does being a sustainable brown or black girl mean to you? Um, I think for me, it means like, you know, making sure that you, again, claim rightful ownership and her- of, of, you know, certain processes and heritage of you and your background. Um, and given that pers- cultural perspective that may not be f- at the forefront of sustainability at the moment, because there isn't the space. So creating the space as well for, you know, other women that identify with you to also be empowered to create the change they want to see and push their lives and their sustainable living as well. And I think the last thing I would say it means for me is that community, building a community, authentic community. I think, like I said, sustainability has many facets. So it's important that we explore each branch, you know, bit by bit, because no, not one person can, you know, take on sustainability. It's, it's, it's a, commun- a communal thing. And I think that's one thing that really needs to be made important. Yes. Well said. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and let everybody know where they can find your collection online and how they can support you. Okay. Um, nice, nice, nice. Whoop, whoop. So <laughs> please um, follow our social medias at rr 
collective underscore both on twitter and instagram and when our new collection is going to drop in the summer it will all be rolled out through there and um you can also support if you are based in lagos nigeria where we currently collect waste please check the link in our bio and sign up to our waste collections database as well as we're always looking for volunteers when we have um certain targeted cleanups in certain areas so again if you're based in lagos nigeria that'll be another thing and then again just stay with our brand stay with our process and please you know come and visit us we always love (laughs) to meet newbies (laughs) yay thank you so much toby for coming on and sharing more about revival resurrection so excited for your new collection. I Thank will you. probably be purchasing, purchasing something. So Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I look forward to, um, you know, seeing that. I look forward to, you know, staying connected as well. Um, and I'm very, very happy again that you had me come on. It's, I'm really excited about this. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.